The good, the bad, and the ugly. Today, we look at Boston College through a quarter of the 2021 season. All of this and more on Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. If you have not listened to our podcast before, we are a daily BC podcast. We do this five days a week. We give you everything you need on the Eagles. On today's show, we're going to wrap up the Temple game, start looking at some of the news heading into the Mizzou game, and we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the 2021 season so far and jump around and look at some of the other games that could impact Boston College. Now, let's jump in with the news. On Monday, there was a bunch of different news that headed out. Uh, First of all, Grant Carlson, a punter from Boston College, was named ACC Specialist of the Week. Now, Carlson had an incredible game against Temple. If you haven't watched it, sometimes those punters, you don't really appreciate the work that they put in. But he averaged 51.4 yards per punt and had two go inside the 20. He really did a nice job of flipping the field in this game, so he deserved it. Now, for Matt Thurman, the special teams coordinator, that's two straight Specialists of the Week for the ACC coming from Boston College. Travis Levy got his last week. So congratulations to Grant Carlson, another great game. And if you haven't checked it out, you need to see his picture he chose for the ACC Player of the Week. Um, he, he he definitely has a uh, NIL deal coming up with either Ray-Ban or the Sunglass Hot. So check that out. Uh, secondly, we now know the game time for the Clemson game. Boston College plays Clemson on October 2nd in Death Valley, and that game is going to be a 7.30 start. It's a 7.30 start, so it's a night game in Death Valley. Now, if you haven't been watching, Clemson really struggled last week against Georgia Tech. They could not get their offense moving. DJ Uyagalale just couldn't, he did not look like the same kind of quarterback that we expected. So, not sure if by this point they're going to get their game together. They're a 12-point favorite against NC State this week. Um, you're just kind of waiting. You always know with Clemson, they get enough talent. That When will they get it together? Um, maybe that it'll be this week. Maybe it'll get be against BC. But BC and Clemson, they're going to play at 7.30. That game is going to be on the ACC Network. For all of you Comcast fans out there, I am sorry. I know it's a pain in the butt. I feel the same problem whenever they play on Nesson. So um, hopefully that deal with Comcast and the ACC Network will be coming up soon. Otherwise, time to find some friends that have YouTube TV or whatever so that you can watch that game. In addition to the Mizzou game, their news came out that Boston College will also be a underdog for the first time this season. SI Sportsbook and uh, BetOnline.ag both have them as two-point underdogs against the Tigers. Now, Missouri, they are 2-1. and one. They've beaten uh, Missouri State, I think it's Eastern Missouri State, and they beat Central Michigan, but they lost to Kentucky. Now, this is a team with a ton of talent. As I was talking to Mitch Wolf about this earlier, they have four defensive linemen that could be NFL draft picks. They have a lot of talent... Uh, and so that's why Boston College must be the, the underdogs, especially with the way they played against Temple. Um, BC has yet to really have to show it against a good quality opponent. This will be a big one, though, because if they win this game, if they can beat Missouri, that game next week against Te- uh, Clemson looks every bit to be a matchup of two ranked opponents. So check that out. 
And in quieter news, VJ Payne, a uh, athlete slash safety from Buford, Georgia, uh, teammates of CJ Klingscales, who you'll hear on our show later this week, committed to Kansas State on Monday as well. Now, Boston College has a handful of uh, scholarship spots left. Payne was one that I thought still had a chance of coming to BC because he had visited here a handful of times. You know, everything seemed like it was heading in that direction, but you never know. Maybe Kansas State pushed him. Maybe BC was looking in a different direction. You never know the behind the scenes with this one. I'm not sure on it, Uh, but Payne is heading to uh, Kansas State. So there's only a handful of, of offers out there. My guess, and I and this is a freebie, you know, I give nuggets to all my premium users on BC Bulletin. My guess is those last spots are either going to go to somebody who they're going to flip or a big name that we haven't heard about yet. Because I just can't imagine, uh, it's just gone kind of quiet and the names are kind of drying out a little bit in certain terms of the class of 2022. You're not seeing any new offers going out. Um, not uh, no new names have really popped. So this is this is kind of hitting that point where I'm wondering, hmm, is BC starting to look at some names that maybe you know the recruiting heads don't know about? So keep your eye on that. It might be worth watching. Now, in a moment, we're gonna go over the good, the bad, and the ugly so far in the first quarter of the season of Boston College football with me, and I will be joined by Mitch Wolf. But um, let's uh, chat a little bit about locked uh, locked on ACC. Have you che- have you checked out Locked On ACC yet? If you haven't, you're really missing out. Locked On ACC is hosted by Candace Cooper and is joined by a rotating host of ACC podcasters from the Locked On Network, including yours truly. I'm on there on Wednesdays. We talk everything ACC, whether it is, um, you know, the football games, where you do power rankings. We do all the news in the conference that uh, hasn't really been playing all that well this year, <laughs> we'll be honest. But if you want to know more about the ACC, you have to check it out. It's a great podcast, and I think you'll love it. So check out Locked on ACC wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star pl- players of the Power Five as well as mid majors. If you're into college fantasy, you need to check this out. Uh, they offer more props than you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. The best part is, if you go to um, a Prize Pick, has some great deals. You just had to head over to their website and check them out. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron, LeBron with the under on Mahomes in the same entry and use this award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out Prize Picks or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Rock Auto is the place you need to go if you want to save on your auto repairs. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% off of the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can head over to Rock Auto and save some money? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have the same prices and they're reliably low. If you head on over to Rock Auto, check out their easy-to-use catalog. You put your make and model in, boom, you're going to find everything you need for your car. And when you head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I'm with Mitch Wolf. Now, we were talking Missouri before uh, this segment, and now we're going to just – we're a quarter of the way through the season. College football just flies, and it drives me crazy because it's like you get so excited about it, and then all of a sudden it's like – just zips through. It's the it's the fastest season I think in, in sports. It seems like 
And Mitch and I are going to now go over the good, the bad, and the ugly from the first quarter of BC football. Now, BC has only played, let's call them cupcake teams for now because it's UMass, Temple, and Colgate. But there are good and bad things and ugly things that we can talk about. So for Mitch and I, we're going to start it off. Mitch, how's it going? I'm doing great. You know, I'm excited to kind of look back on what the season's been so far and, you know, find some things that we've been surprisingly surprised by that have been good. Maybe some things that have gone the other way. All right. So let's start off with the good. Now this is where I am going to again, swallow some crow. I said earlier this summer and Hey, if you shoot your things into my DMS, it's open business. So whatever. And a certain family member of Pat Garwo is not happy with the way I covered his kid. And I am going to eat humble pie here and say my good is the play of Pat Garwell because he looked fantastic out there. He had that great game against UMass. He looked good at the end of Colgate. And he was the powerhouse against Temple. So for me, I loved his play. Um, I think he could give BC something that they need to, to, to complement Alex Singfield and Travis Levy. I don't know if he's going to be the starting RB1 for the rest of the season. But, hey, I was wrong. He looks good. Mitch, what was your good? Yeah, I'll just, I just want to touch on Pat Garo really quickly. Yeah, I think he brings that physical running style that BC, you know, obviously had with AJ Dillon and David Bailey, but doesn't really have with some of the other backs, but he's able to kind of bang in between side between the tackles, which is a something that you do need in offense. For me, I would say the good is, I would say just generally the play of the front seven. You know, we talked about this earlier that, you know, the linebackers were question, were a bit of a question mark. The defensive line was a bit of a, question mark as well and so far against relatively inferior opponents both units have come through and passed the test with flying colors we've seen IGM make a ton of plays like we said uh, earlier we've seen the defensive line be getting pressure pretty consistently through each game with a bunch of different players which you love to see a bunch of different guys contributing on that uh, in that uh, in that was oh man <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> it's okay just keep going okay uh, you love to see those guys contributing Oh man, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. That's okay. Um, you like to see a bunch of guys contributing instead of it just being reliant on one player. All right. Yeah. So, all right, Mitch, I know you just kind of struggled through the end. So I'm going to throw it right back at you and make you continue talking. Now the bad, you can go with the, your bad first. Yeah. So I'll say the bad has been the running game. I mean, we talked about Pat Garo and the SES played well. I guess I'll say the run blocking on the offensive line, just because again, we talked about this uh, in most of our episodes, honestly, at this point that they have just not been able to dominate at the point of attack. Like you would expect for such an offensive line. That's been so lauded with preseason awards from all American and all ACC, you know, and obviously a very experienced line, you know, guys who have played multiple years, granted maybe at different positions, but they've been around a long time and they're just not, haven't really still haven't clicked yet. They haven't been just owning opponents that you would like in the way that you would like them to. All right. For me, I am going to go with penalties. Um, they were good against um, Temple with the penalties. They only had two for 25 yards, but that game against UMass was ridiculous. They were just making so many bonehead mistakes and it's only a three game samples. That one issue almost cost them I mean it kept UMass in the game so I'm going to say penalties um, and it's something that I worry about with Halfley because I think more and more when I look back there were issues last year with penalties too it was more on the offensive line it was all the pre-snap stuff but I, I kind of washed that all away with um, COVID and in that funky year but we saw that game so hopefully that was just a one game fluke but 
I worry that that could be something that continues because it has been something that has reared its head with Jeff Halfley. Now, the ugly. To me, there's no nothing uglier, and I'm sorry I'm going to steal this one, is the injury to Phil Dracovic. It just completely shifted perception about the season. It changed how everyone thought this offense is going to run, and it really put a damper on what was supposed to be a very exciting year for Boston College. Now, many people have been able to get behind the Dennis Grossell bus, and that's good. But with Dracovic out, and especially you see where the ACC is now. There's two undefeated teams. Clemson looks like garbage. I don't know what's going on with the, with the Tigers, and you're just waiting for them to wake up. But BC could beat – with Dracovic, they could, have be, they could have beaten them, and we don't know where they are with Grossell. That injury, to me, seems like at this point almost like it's going to cost them the ACC. Mitch? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still didn't really think that they – had a legitimate shot at winning the AC. I, I know Clemson has been a massive disappointment thus far. I'm assuming they'll get it together eventually. And I, I think that if we knew Clemson was going to look like this and Jerkovich was healthy, maybe, but I'm, I still wasn't really on that train. But yeah, I think this just does put a cap on how far this season could go. Um, so for my ugly, I, I, I thought about echoing your sentiment about just the rest of the ACC, but I'll make it a little different and I'll just extend it to non-BC New England football. Uh, as the ugly for this season. I mean, obviously, we talked about UMass's struggles, and that was an ugly game even when BC played them, but they still won. And then uh, I'm not sure how much we'll talk about UConn, but, you know, I'll, I'll give them this. You know, we, we, rag, we rag on them a lot, but you can't say they don't respect the troops because, you know, they came out, they let Army get a 42 nothing lead at halftime, and they, but, but they did come back and cover that spread, so, so good for them. But the state of New England football outside of BC is – Oh man, I don't even. There are words I can't say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's almost. You could almost argue that Holy Cross is the second best school of college. Yeah, football. I mean, oh, yep, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and I live right across the street from that. I'm like, I should go to a Holy Cross game. I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've been to one, but I don't, I, don't, I'm, I haven't gotten the urge to. But that's something I'm thinking about. So that's our good, bad, and ugly for today. Um, if you have one, hit us up on Twitter. Look at us up at Locked On BC. Um, you can check us out there. Now, in a moment, we're going to wrap around the country and look at the other games that rocked college football this weekend. But before we do that, we're going to talk about BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the start to another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for your hunt 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. This is AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can check out all of my work there. And you can also check out all the work of Mitch Wolf, who's with me today. Mitch and I are talking about NCAA football and some of the games that went on this weekend. And before we kick it off, and Mitch already joked about him in the first segment, we're going to joke about him again. What happened to UMass and UConn this weekend? All right. 
Well, we had our salute to the troops with Army and UConn. They, uh, what's, let's joke about this a little bit more, Mitch. 42 nothing at halftime. Uh, did you get to see the, um, the drive chart that UConn had uh, going into this, to this game? Yeah, I think I sent that to you, and that was, that was something special. You know? I, and the, the funny thing about Army is, like, because they run the triple option, you know, they, they like to chew the clock, take their time, have these really long 12, 15-play drives that just eat up clock. But if you looked at that, they, in the first half, they got up 42 nothing, and they only had one drive, I think it was their opening drive, that had more than five plays. So they were just breaking off massive uh, runs against UConn, which is just absolutely pathetic. But, you know, like we said, UConn did battle back. They somehow miraculously covered a 34-point spread against uh, the Black Knights of Army. So, you know, it's, it's the little things. Great, good teams win, great teams cover, and that's what UConn needs to be telling themselves. Yes, and UConn, they get Wyoming next, and I don't know anything about Wyoming, but I'm assuming they're going to slaughter them, uh, slaughter UConn. And then their October, I mean, we're joking about it because they lost to Holy Cross, they lost to Purdue and Army, but their October is really, like, you look at it if you were any other team and go, God, they should just smoke all these teams, but UConn's probably going to lose all of them. And they're to really crappy teams. They're playing Vanderbilt, who we saw Steve Adazio almost beat. We, they get UMass. They get Yale, who it's you know an Ivy League school. And then Middle Tennessee. I, I still think UConn's going to go – they're going to be 0-8 heading into November. I mean, I, I think their best chance is, is maybe Yale. But, like, I mean, Yale's been a pretty decent Ivy League team recently, so – you know, and I mean, maybe there'll be some in-state pride for that game that will get UConn their first win, but I still think I would give the edge to Yale for that game. And so we, the second half of our joke segment is UMass, who I, I have to say, I gave them some respect the way they played against BC. I thought Brady Olsen looked good. I thought he looked like, for a team like UMass, a quarterback you can build a program around. Yep, they go and play Eastern Michigan and get smoked 42-28. Uh, a game that, I mean, I don't know anything about the MAC. I don't. I, I have to admit, like, if you're going to ask me anything about Eastern Michigan, I don't know anything about them. But they, they were a really fun team in NCAA to like take as like a one star program and then like build them up to like this dynasty because they they had, like some cool uniforms and stuff. But I think they're kind of a decent MAC team. I mean, it looks like Brady Olson wasn't terrible just looking at the stat line, but you know, I, I I'm not sure. I think they could be going the right direction, but I might just be being optimistic for them. You know, I'm just hoping they might, you know, get at least something going. I mean, they're they're building a program on getting tra- like all I could hear about every time they threw a pass was it's a transfer from NC State. It's a transfer from yeah, great. You're getting all these guys that they don't want. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with UMass. I still think they're going to beat UConn, but uh, that's where we're at now. We're going to go for the negative of the positives. And Mitch and I both use BetOnline. I don't, know, I don't know if you did. I think you did. I did, Bet, yep, yep. BetOnline.ag to make your parlay. And both. I, at least I got mine screwed over by betting against Steve Adasio, which I, I'm fading on him every week. And they actually went out and they beat Toledo, who I believe is supposed to be a good team. Listen, I, I think that your general strategy of fading Steve Adazio, it's going to work out in the long run. Like, that's going to get you to your 60% or whatever. Yep. But, you know, they did get that win. So, you know, good for the Dazzler to get on the board as a, as a win. I, I had a similarly big parlay of five teams, which got somehow blown up by 
the one of the worst teams in the Power Five winning a game inexplicably in Duke, covering a two and a half point spread and beating Northwestern at home, which you know I, I really would have liked that parlay because it would have helped pay my rent in the next two months. But you know, <laughs> you can't have nice things, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, Colorado State. I'm sure he's puffing his chest right now. And um, based off what I read, it was on a punt return. So uh, that's oh, good. That's good. Yeah, those are consistent. Yeah, you can really uh, build off that. So Colorado State gets next. Oh, it, this is me uh, rubbing my hands together. They get to play Iowa next. <laughs> oh boy, I, I'm wondering if that's where like that's like the weird game where like Iowa has their crazy loss. But I don't know. Probably not. I don't or they know, win like that. that or they win like thirteen nothing. Yeah, I would say this is this is the Steve Adazio like platonic ideal of a football game where both teams will just run power and halfback dive 80 times and the game will be over in two and a half hours <laughs> all right so our final take game the under gonna... there take the under there. oh totally that, whatever what i'm that... saying yep and our final game that we're going to talk about i want to just talk about the big game of the week one i watched that i thought was a lot of fun was florida and alabama i i had some stuff going on at home we had family things this weekend and i shut it off and Alabama was up 21 nothing, and then I turned it on. I turned on my phone when I was out to dinner and saw that Florida had stormed back. What do you think of this game? Is Alabama actually beatable, or is this just kind of their fluke, uh, fluke close win of the season? I, 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 I do think Alabama is beatable. I'm not sure Florida was was the team to do it. Granted, they were two. I think they missed two extra points. They were you know kicking away from tying the game. They also had the they ran the Wake Forest read option where they just held the ball at the mesh point for five minutes and didn't do anything on a two point conversion. But I mean, I think Florida, like Florida's a good team. They gave them a run for their money. And I, you know, got to give Dan Mullen his respect for taking Alabama down to the wire after getting, you know, it, Alabama obviously, you know, gets out to early leads against most teams, but they were able to, you know, stay in the game and they fought their way back. So all credit to them. I really don't think Alabama is going to have a true test until they face Georgia, which I don't think they've played them regular season. So that'll be the SEC championship. Yeah. in Georgia, they, uh, they played South Carolina and um, they got embarrassed, JT and embarrassed South Carolina. It was one of those games. If you like defense and you want to watch a defense, just absolutely manhandle a team. Uh, the, the first cup, the first half until I fell asleep of that game was a lot of fun to watch because the, South Carolina, I think still playing their GA at quarterback. And uh, okay. I, I do want to say something about that. It's not any, it's not just any like random GA. Like he did, he played at Iowa State, so he's like a, he is a real quarterback. Like it's not just some random dude. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, he he played like some random dude against Georgia, which I know is Georgia, and they they I mean God that when they had when they pinned the ball on the one yard line in one drive, and I was like, oh, get the safety, and of course they get the safety like two plays yeah. later. Um, <laughs> I it think was a good game. before we move on, I I think I want to ask you something. Do, is the ACC the worst conference in Power Five? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Oregon beating Ohio State cleared that up. And, I, you know, the Big 12 at this point, I mean, Oklahoma is better than anything that the ACC has at this point. So, yeah, currently I, constructed, the Big 12 is better. But, I mean, like, obviously, like, I mean, Duke beating Northwestern, good for them. But, Wolf, Pitt losing to Western Michigan. You know, I mean, Kenny Pickett played the game of his life and the defense just let him down. Miami getting trounced at home. You know, Virginia Tech losing on the road, West Virginia, that's not great. So, yeah, the ACC is – I mean, like you said, when we were talking about kind of the season expectations, this was a year to take advantage of the ACC, and 
sadly, without Phil Jerkovich, that might not come to fruition. Yeah, and I have to say that, like, as someone who unlocked on ACC, my job is each week to do our power rankings. It's like taking them and throwing them in the incinerator every week because last week I had Virginia Tech rising high and they stunk. I had Pitt moving up. They stunk. And so it's like, and then this week could Boston call, I, I, I'll probably put Boston College higher because everyone else in the ACC can't seem to win. Um, so it, it's interesting. And then Florida State stinks. And then Louisville wins. I don't know what the heck's going on with this conference. It yeah, just, I mean, it this nothing- is like basically what the coastal was for the last decade has now just spread to the rest of the conference where it's just complete chaos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitch, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, where I'll be, you know, kind of writing my weekly columns of keys to victory and three stars concerning the BC games. And we had some more articles kind of talking about the Dennis Grossell taking over and how that affects BC. You know, I'll probably be doing some more of those, especially because BC will be facing a very interesting opponent this week in Missouri. One they, you know, I don't think I've may have played like once or twice. And, you know, BC doesn't get to play the SEC that much. So this will be a very interesting game to preview. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Mitch. And uh, we'll, tomorrow's show, we're going to have more discussions about BC football. On Thursday, we will have CJ Klingscales this week. If you want to hear about BC commit uh, running back, CJ Klingscales, he's going to come by and talk to us about his uh, decision to, to commit to Boston College and his relationship with VJ Payne, another com- uh, B- uh, BC target that could be committing soon so this is aj black you can follow me on twitter at aj black underscore bc and wherever you get your social media make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to locked on boston college thank you all for listening and we'll see you all again soon take care